Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans who watch each episode of Call the Midwife and talk about it. Today, we are talking about Series 7, Episode 3. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with chronic degenerative disease, family separation, abortion, and addiction. So if those topics are ones you'd prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet the Lunt family. Doreen Lunt is expecting her third child. Nurse Crane is concerned for her welfare, so asks her to come into clinic. Meanwhile, Sister Winifred encounters Wendy Lunt at the local school and is equally as concerned. When Nurse Crane asks Doreen to stay and see Dr. Turner, she flees the clinic, leaving Wendy and her son Kevin alone. Concerned that there is neglect or abuse at the hands of Gordon Lunt, Trixie walks them home and Gordon finally opens up to her. The family are struggling and Mr Lunt is actually trying to protect his wife. He's concerned that she's suffering from the same mental illness as his father-in-law. Dr Turner refers Doreen to a specialist who diagnoses Huntington's disease. We also learn that Wendy is suffering from a juvenile version of the disease. Doreen gives birth to a baby girl but struggles to care for her. Despite Trixie and Nurse Crane's best efforts, the family is torn apart. Sheila encourages Magda to befriend the girls at Nanata's house and Magda confides in Val after learning that she's pregnant. Magda becomes increasingly more desperate and under the guise of taking up nursing, she borrows Sheila's nursing books and steals drugs so that she can induce a miscarriage. Fred and Violet host a Miss Poplar contest to raise money for the community. And finally, Alexandra is still struggling with her parents' divorce, which leads Trixie to break off her relationship with Christopher as it's not in Alexandra's best interest. She encourages Christopher to return to his ex-wife. And it's Alexandra. <laughs> which is how alex pronounces her name yeah girls i have complicated Sandra. feelings i have complicated feelings about the trixie christopher storyline i don't know if we're going to talk about it for a little bit but anyways just teasing that there same before we start as well i just want to say 
Number one, I feel like one of the three little pigs inside my house. There's a big storm going on outside. And honestly, I don't know if you can hear. <laughs> I hope it doesn't interfere with the sound of the podcast. Because honestly, it is so loud, the wind outside. And also, I have been at Becky's this weekend with my daughter. We came down to stay. So I've actually seen Bex this weekend. You were sorely missed, Jen. Oh, I really wish I could be there. I'm so jealous. I know. We had a lovely mm-hmm. time though. And we did watch the episode together. We did. You should have had you should have had a not very good time just to like make me not feel so bad. Well, we went really, really <laughs> early this morning because of this storm and my daughter was like sobbing <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> I just wanted to stay a bit longer. <laughs> oh, she's such a sensitive soul. Well, she's I told so... you. Do you know what? I lied to her, actually. And I probably will probably do this now. So if you're listening to school, don't don't reprimand her. I said that we'd leave school early. I said I'd pretend that she had a dentist appointment next time and go early. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think I could ever do that, if I'm honest. So I hope she doesn't remember that, but she will. <laughs> Wait, maybe you'll get lucky. You never know. Yeah. Okay, so which storyline are we doing first, Bexton? I think we need to do the, the lunch storyline because it's so heavy and I just think we need to not get it out of the way, but I just think we should finish with some lighter stuff. Yeah. Like now Becky oh, yeah. has seen my notes on this. She asked to see my notes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Why? I don't know. Well, I, I was know just that. curious about how well, firstly, I take written notes. So if you ever hear page turning during one of these podcasts, it's me turning my pages of my book over. We do as the bane of my editing life. Alex uh, takes and I just saw that them on her phone, this whole and I was like, so I was just curious to see what notes. I mean, her notes are very random. There's just <laughs> random words just in there. <laughs> well, my first note says it's the same set as Crystal with the teeth. So the Lunds have this horrific flat that's just disgusting up the side and everything. Like, it's supposed to be disgusting. But Crystal, with the teeth, with the four kids, she had the same flat. I'm sure it's the same flat. And it's filthy. Oh, you know who who else's flat I thought it was? Interior-wise, not exterior-wise, is the family where the mom, kids were getting sick and she didn't know why. And then it turned out that the husband's family medical history revealed that they had a uh, genetic uh, disease because it was i'm it, sure it's the same because it looked it looked like it had the exact same layout like the beds against the wall the yeah. sink over in the corner I'm, yeah, i bet you they, definitely same as crystals as well they must, they've obviously just recycled it haven't they i'm sure that i'm sure they use that flat like with different set dressing for yeah. so many episodes so many episodes. i will do a deep dive and go back and watch those episodes and see if i can figure it out but when we were watching <laughs> The episode I bet together. my house on the crystal one. When we were watching the episode together, I said, I was like, oh, I, th- I think this is, was Crystal's flat. And Alex was like, I thought the same. And I was oh. like, I know you did. I really said that because I literally saw your note about it. <laughs> I'm just so forgiving and uh, just innocent. I would never think you'd steal it, Bex, but obviously you did. Uh, yeah, I did. Well, I'll tell you what else was very reminiscent of Crystal is that poor Doreen's teeth were also really in not very good condition. Not that that was really the problem that she was dealing with, but they really like yellowed out her teeth too. I think it was, I think they did it as a way to show that she had kind of let go of a lot of her personal hygiene. show neglect, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. But their teeth Mm -hmm. were still better than Crystal's. Oh, way better, way better. But I mean, like, like they made her hair greasy. They made her have like dirt on her face. Like all of her clothes were really nothing, nothing compared to Wendy and Kevin. Like the absolute ridiculousness. She looked like. Oh my God. She'd been up a chimney and that it was just absolutely ridiculous. If anything, I know it was supposed to show that she was neglected, but my God, it was absolutely also, ridiculous. 
I'm sorry, but didn't you think it was so heartbreaking when, like, when Sister Winifred was at the school giving out the bars of soap and talking about hygiene, and then she called Wendy up because she didn't come up at the initial moment, and then Wendy clearly just fell down on the floor, and the teacher was just made the comment, like, oh, she just keeps on tripping over herself. I'm like, ma'am, this child does not look like she's just accidentally clumsy. Like, this looks like something so chronic. I mean, aren't you going to say anything? And all I kept thinking the whole time was just, like, because I've dealt with this at my work recently, but it's like here, you know, you're a mandated reporter, right? Like if you see something, you have to say something. You are obligated to say something. And I, and all teachers are because they deal with children. If you see anything yeah. that like really amiss with children, I'm like, how in the world are you not seeing a child who's literally going from clean, you know, well-dressed, like putting things, you know, doing well in school to this really marked decline and not say anything. I just was, I mean, I don't know what the laws were in Britain in the 1960s, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like the way this teacher just absolutely wrote it off like it was NBD. I just... I will say, in Poplar, it was an area of a lot of poverty, so there will have been a lot of kids who were quite dirty. Do you know what I mean? But she, like, I know, she was but... bruised and like, honestly, I've never... I, I've just put my note is that Wendy and Kevin were just such a state. But they also were. like, you, you they had a history of being okay that's the other thing right like yeah it'd be one thing if they were just perpetually always like that and it's like well listen like we know the family's trying hard but like this is the best they can do but when you see when you i mean they all they made dr turner made a comment about it Trixie made a com- like they all talked about the fact that the family used to be doing okay and then there was a decline so like where's the where's the recognition but of also we'll just, say I don't know. She, they saw her fall down and i think maybe they thought oh she's just clumsy rather than you know when kids grow and they get a bit gangly and fall over so I remember falling over loads when I was little not little yeah. I've never been little because I was growing you, and stuff and maybe because you think oh I don't need to report it because it's not like neglect that's happening to them at home thinking they're not being beaten or anything they're falling here we can see them fall here so we don't have to actually report anything because we don't want to start anything for no reason do you want to see what I'm saying yeah I don't know I don't know now you can edit this if you want to Al but do you remember when your husband took your daughter out for running lessons to teach her to pick up her feet because she kept falling over <laughs> oh my goodness so my daughter Bobs, you've all met her on the podcast we use her nickname on the podcast Bobs. so she hates sports day more than anyone in this history in the world <laughs> she used to cry loads and she was just saying um, she just hated it and she's just I don't like it I just can't run I just don't run as fast as everyone else when actually she could so my husband was like right why do you think you can't run? And she was like, I just can't lift my feet very well. And all this. So yeah, he took her onto the field in this big park we have. And also in the garden. I've been, and they had running lessons to make her pick her feet up to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Wendy could do with she's got it. She's got to do those calisthenics where it's like you have to like stand in one place and then like touch your knees to your hands, but your hands well, can't go yeah, below your waist. Again. And then like. She wasn't even slow and she wasn't even rubbish. I think she just didn't want to do it. And that was her excuse because then she came second in the race. Like, so. Oh, yeah. And we're kindred spirits in that respect, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Bob's just, is sometimes she just decides she doesn't want to do something and then it's like, you're not going to get her out of it. And then she's going to use every trick in the book to try to. <laughs> That's 1000% her. Yes. And horribly, <laughs> it's just like me. So. <laughs> the he apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What oh, brings Back to the lunch, though, what broke my heart with Wendy and Kevin is when they were saying that their mum didn't love them anymore. 
Oh. oh, I know. That was like, that's way, way far down the line, though, in the story. But so let's just like go back for a second. I mean, that is really heartbreaking. But basically, their mom is pregnant, and she's getting close to the end. Phyllis goes to see her. She recommends maternity home because she thinks that Mrs. Lunch is just kind of overwhelmed with, you know, mm-hmm. the responsibilities of daily caregiving. And then when Mr. Lunt comes in as she's doing her home visit, she tells him that and he's like, no, she can't. And, and she's like, well, I really think it's a good idea. And he's like, no, it's not happening. And so then she's like, hmm. So she goes back and then they come in for a visit. Oh, and then Sister Winifred notices Wendy falling over at school. They come yeah. into the visit for the clinic. Phyllis follows up and she just is like, well, I think Dr. Turner should come and see you. Like, just wait here. After she had done her kind of, you know, just general checkup. And... Mrs. Lunt just bolts, like literally leaves her kids at clinic, like with a, like sitting, eating digestives and juice. They're looking like chimney sweeps. Just yeah, there. exactly. And she like goes and the, like she's gone, and then they're closing up for the day. And Trixie, yeah, and they've literally like, been left all day. Yeah, for like and hours, they've been just sitting they, there. Yeah, like they didn't even cookies. go to school either. They were not even going to school. They just were in a clinic, just sat there. I want to cup of tea and a cake. Exactly. And then the thing that was like, I mean, I get why they did it. Although I was like, oh, Phyllis, this was really the wrong choice. Is that they come in and it's and Trixie's like, are you alright, sweeties? And they're like, well, where's our mom? And she's like, oh, huh, hold on a second. And then Phyllis comes out. And she's like, can I talk to you for a second? And then Trixie says yes. So they go around the corner, but they're literally like the kids, there's a huge like cutout window between the room that the kids are in and in the kitchen. And the kids can hear and see everything that they're saying. And Phyllis is like, the mom just left them here. I don't think something's really wrong with their with their household. And Trixie's like, oh no. And then Phyllis is like, yeah, can you like take them home and like basically do a home visit because I'm really worried. And Trixie says yes. And so then that's when she takes them back to the house and Mr. Lunt lets them in and he's like oh yeah come on kids or whatever so the kids go in and then Trixie's like well I really want to see Doreen and he says no she's sleeping and then she puts her foot in the door and is like I'll wait you know which good on Trixie for being firm about it she gets in there and she's like what's going on I'm really worried and he spills the whole beans and then that's when you find out that something really you know is off off and she encourages her to go talk to Dr. Turner like for real for real she was so good for being that forceful as well so good yeah yeah yeah, up to that point we don't know what's going on. We think that Mr. Lunt is just being really controlling. Yeah. But actually, when she, when Trixie goes, she Mrs. Lunt is actually asleep and he's actually just trying to protect her. And he's embarrassed. Yeah. He's embarrassed about the state of the house. He's really trying mm-hmm. to protect her. It just goes mm-hmm. to show you don't actually know what's going on behind the surface. Like we, we, without that scene with Trixie, we yeah. would have carried on just thinking he was this abusive husband. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, or just neglectful parents generally. But yeah, really, but it's that the way the he was like, she's not going anywhere, nerds. He was quite, you know, he was quite forceful with it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Um, Nurse Crane was very good not to jump to conclusions because she said something's going on. I don't know what, but she didn't immediately lead to conclusions. No, and it was Mm -hmm. her who actually was told by him. She's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then we, she does go see Dr. Turner, who then recommends her to go to a different, a different specialist at St. Cuthbert's, I think it was. And the, that specialist comes back with this diagnosis of Huntington's chorea. And it's K, sorry, it's C-H-O-R-E-A, which I didn't get a chance to look up anything about that disease. Did either of you girls happen to know anything about it? Other than I, what they gave us on the show? Well, so- I actually... Oh, go on. You can. Well, I actually watch Neighbours, which I know you probably shouldn't get all of your your, your medical advice off TikTok, Call the Midwife or Neighbours. Well, actually, Call the Midwife is probably the most the most reliable. But in Neighbours, there's a big storyline because Chloe in Neighbours has got Huntington's and they have actually gone quite in-depth on that. She's just got married and she was supposed to be wearing these heels and she couldn't walk in them for the wedding and stuff. So they, they are going through it 
because they showed her mum dying of it as well, saying that it was genetic. Oh. On you. So hmm. they, they have actually, I will say, Neighbours, shout out to Neighbours, amazing. They did a really sympathetic, lovely storyline. It wasn't lovely, obviously. Her mum had died of Huntington's, but they showed it and how the the repercussions of it and the emotional mm. effects on all the families and everything on it so I do know a bit about it only because of neighbours though and that's why mm. so I did do some research so it's okay. a degenerative disease it's where the nerve cells in the brain break down so it affects mm. movement it affects thinking and it can cause psychiatric disorders so and we see this in Doreen's storyline because she struggles obviously with the fact that Wendy's made the comment that her mum doesn't love her anymore once she actually gives birth to her daughter so she has a little girl another little girl she just wants to hold her she's not interested in feeding her she's not changing her nappy so it can lead to a lack of emotion so not recognizing the needs of others so with the new baby that's exactly that apathy so appearing lazy or that there's a lack of interest in self-care um, and also a difficulty concentrating which is what we see with Wendy when she's at school yeah and they also show like her history she was really good at sewing and she was a real proud homemaker and everything beforehand yes Mm. well i just did a a quick google while i was listening to you bex and i think i've heard of it referred to as huntington's disease although it's very rare it says fewer than 200,000 cases in the u.s per year so have you guys ever known anyone who's had it in real life one of my parents friends does okay okay i mean it sounds like it's not Although this is really sad, it typically starts in a person in the th- in their thirties or forties, which is really young. Yeah. Well, she's she was I'd say thirties, early thirties. Yeah, definitely. So she was kind of on target for it. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's a very very serious and, and sad degenerative disease, and oh, and it's it the really fact that there's no treatment for it. Well, I think because it's so rare is that is the vibe yeah. I got from Dr. Turner. He was like, look, unfortunately, because just not many people have this, it's just not something that we really have a lot of insight on. It sounds like it it's not the same, but it's potentially. I mean. No one's going to be surprised when I say I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's some, it gives what? me a little bit of a, of a sense of like, like a Parkinson's or an Alzheimer's, you know what I mean? Like a disease that ends up affecting your overall health, but it starts with a brain, a degenerative brain condition, you know, because uh, again, this is just Google, but it says the basal ganglia region of the brain is affected by it. And then it has a little diagram and it looks like the part of the brain kind of, I don't know. I was going to say on the inside, but that's not going to be helpful to anyone, but <laughs> Anyways, I just need to say, Jen does give us medical <laughs> advice. Like something's got something going on. She does text. She's like, I've seen this thing on TikTok, and that's <laughs> that's what you want in a doctor. Someone who goes, Yeah, it gives me a sense of party. It's on your brain, <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well you know how there's like your whole brain okay and then like on the it, like okay like think of an app again oh no i'm not even gonna say it i'm just no, gonna let's embarrass just, myself let's leave that there. Yeah. also can we talk about poor little wendy oh it, this broke my heart that wendy was yeah. diagnosed well she, wendy is already like, symptomatic like and she's like yeah i know i know and the thing is that's really tragic is there's not much that can be done for her either but also like she can't stay at home because she needs she's gonna need such intensive care yeah, she oh, went to a residential so care sad. place that me and Bex were watching it and Bex was like, does not look lovely? And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, it does, especially compared to where she's come from. And I really Aww. do hope that places like that were as lovely, but... Well, she does know. say when I she gets so. there that everybody looks happy, but I just wish they could have been kept together as a family unit. Yeah, I know, but I mean, think would have been think what would have been involved in that. I mean, I just I don't know that there's any social service structure that's set up to take care of a family with that kind of situation. I mean, the tragedy was they did what was right, which 
I do agree with, but it was truly such a painful solution. Well, yeah, because Mr. Lump was just begging. Gordon was just begging with him, and he's just like, oh, bless you. Oh, I know. I mean, my only hope was that they could visit Wendy and potentially, I don't know how they would have visit, how they would have kept in touch with the baby, but oh, just... Well, hopefully they'll keep Kevin, because they do try and keep families together, so hopefully Kevin and... Did we find it? Did we, we didn't know what the baby was named. No. Alexandra. Since it was a little girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't named Alexandra. <laughs> the photo I found as well, because I mean, we know there's been, it's been mentioned the fact that Mrs. Lunt is kind of a shadow of a former self, but when Mr. Lunt's looking at the photograph of her when she's at the at the seaside. Yeah. And that just it was like night and day. Yeah. Yeah. Well the two the two parts of that that really broke my heart were you know and it just hit me when I was watching that scene was that they were talking about their early, you know, like life together and I just thought this is exactly what those marriage vows say, you know, in sickness and in health, like for richer for poor all of that, you know. You sign up for whatever comes and you just have no idea what you're going to get in life. None of us do anyway regardless of we're with anybody else, but especially when you get married, you know, you're 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 promised all of this stuff and and they really you know had a yeah they had a tough outcome but then the other one that really broke my heart but in a positive way but it was also still like so bittersweet was that mrs that was that doreen was really struggling with all these issues with her body but then when her and phyllis delivered the baby phyllis said you know something to her about do you want blah 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 and she said no i just want to be oh oh phyllis asked if she wanted music on and she said no i just want peace and quiet my body knows what it's doing i think i know my way around this by now and then she basically just used her experience and her instinct and her you know everything like that to deliver the baby you know very healthfully very successfully and it was kind of the last opportunity she was going to get to almost do mothering responsibilities I guess but also control over her body she's actually got you know the control over it there what's the word I'm looking for there's a word I'm looking for that you one of you can probably uh, think for me I'm really tired (laughs) <laughs> yeah well it was i mean she had she had her own ability there i mean so i don't know if that's the right word but autonomy yeah. autonomy there we go autonomy yes yeah. yes yes but oh, i man. will say mr lunt does put a lot of pressure on trixie to try and keep the family together yeah yeah and i was really i was trixie i felt did, it felt the pressure yeah and i did i did think that it was really like to me when he came to her and said you know please can you just help us get the house in order before you call the social workers in so that we can have a fighting chance of like you know putting this together and she said yes i will but then whatever they recommend we have to follow that and you have to take their you know you have to take their help you know from that point on because you know basically like i can't you know hold your life together for you and he said okay and then they did their best they cleaned the whole place you know they got everything like put together and then and i don't know if it was a deleted scene for me but basically whatever they did was unfortunately was not enough and so the determination was made that the children did have to be removed and then they came to do it and then he was begging he was like you know please don't take us you know don't suffer separate us and oh it was well it was two scenes that killed me number one the scene where wendy left and she was just basically like, my mum's not bothered at all. But And her mum was bothered. She came out and brought out a scarf. And I think that showed to yeah. Wendy, like, she does love me. And well, also... She literally when... said, I love you in that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I know, but also the fact that she'd been thinking about her rather than just, like, you know, just saying Oh, it. sure, sure, sure. But also, the scene that we've spoken about briefly where Wendy and... Trixie went to their home that Wendy was going to and she was saying everyone looks happy I'm sure they're all contented little souls and why do we put why do they put them in here because it's for the best and it's just like Trixie said because it's for the best mm. and it was like food for thought for her for Kevin the baby at the end as well because obviously it was for the best Wendy happening but then obviously they couldn't keep the other two because they, they just literally couldn't do it so yeah. 
oh, it just absolutely killed me. It just killed me. I was just burst into tears. I was just like, they're so sad. And obviously, I was I wasn't even there. I'm just watching a TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trixie yeah. technically wasn't living it, but was living it, and that's why it affected her so badly. But it killed me. It's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, breaking up a family, even with very, very, very good reasons to do so, is really, really painful. And I, I just deeply related to Trixie in in this storyline, and I, I felt like so much for her because it's really really heavy and even if you know you're doing the right thing it's really not easy and their story just really their story was very sad I mean there were like glimmers of goodness kind of sprinkled throughout but overall man that one oh man thing is that we say this all the time it was just so dark and just so really heavy we say it every single episode we're like oh this is a big one they all are. They are. I know, are, but yeah. I just think this one with them being like the Kevin because he's gone from everybody in his family being well to a situation where he's been removed from the family. Yeah, There's just yeah. been this slow deterioration and then he's been removed from the family. I mean, the baby's never going to know any different and hopefully Kevin and the baby will stay together. Mm. But yeah, and then for Mr. Lunt and Doreen left, they've gone from being a family of five to then being the two of them again well and dr turner says there's probably only going to be a few years left where she's going to be able to be at home with you so i mean he's looking at you know some intensive caregiving for her over the next few years and then she's probably going to have to go somewhere to get the care that she'll need for the remainder of her life and then he's going to be not he i mean he can he can stay with her but that's going to shape his future in a major major way as well so i mean this is a really tough one wow I will say, I mean, I've made this point before, so this is not original, but, you know, our society, I'll say specifically Western culture, but even more specifically American culture, really likes to focus on the positive, you know, the easy things in life. You know, a lot of our entertainment is geared towards that. Or if it's geared towards, quote, tough things, it's like action movies where there's violence or hardship, but, you know, they're all under this kind of entertainment guise. But the show is very entertaining, but it really also shows a lot of the harsh and complicated realities that people are dealing with every single day. And this to me was one of those things where I thought if someone watched this episode, if they'd never had any interaction with this, but they actually gave themselves five or 10 minutes to think about it you know you would you would really be able to confront some of the really challenging aspects of this and then maybe have more compassion and empathy for the fact that none of these decisions are made in black and white I mean we've talked about this many times but you know there's there's not really right answers necessarily to a lot of situations but they you know we all have to kind of interrogate it within our own selves of like you know how do we think it's best to approach these kind of matters and what do we want to do for people who are really in crisis and even if we're not directly affected I think it you know it's it's important for us to just as people to be thinking about the kind of you know culture and society that we want to live in and then be able to you know hopefully show up for each other and support it you know so that everyone can you know do their best i guess vote for jen yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i just you know i, I mean the thing I that i feel I <laughs> well thank you uh, maybe i'll run for office i just do think though that like a lot of people struggle in isolation and this show you know highlights the fact that we're really a community and so i just i just sometimes do think that we need to remember that you know that like we're all more connected in in each other anyway yeah, i'll get off my soapbox now i'm on it every week so struggling shall we go on to trixie regarding this yes so Trixie really struggled with this whole not storyline. It's not storyline here. This whole her real life family, yeah, her work, yeah her professional this, this life situation. And she also had the hassle of Christopher's whole situation going on as well. So it wasn't like she was having an easy time at all. Okay, no. I want to hear what you girls think about it before I offer my two cents. Well, let's so, let's nice one. You go back. Yeah. So Alexandra 
is Alexandra. Alexandra is having <laughs> nightmares. She's been wetting herself at school. She's really struggling. Her mum wants her to see a psychiatrist. And just she she does go and she see does. a psychiatrist. Yeah, because the psychiatrist said she doesn't have to see if she doesn't want to. No, so she needs some fixed rules. So Christopher can't pick her up from school because then Alexandra's having to deal with the stigma of divorce. She shouldn't have to see Trixie if she doesn't want to. I think that's coming from the ex-wife rather than Well, do you Alex- know what annoyed me, though? He's telling this to Trixie, right? And then Alexandra comes bounding up about two seconds later. Why is he telling her this while Alexandra's there? Why is he not yeah. doing it? And now Alexandra says, I want to go home now, Debbie. Well, yeah, of course you do, because you're talking about your whole life, about the fact you're wetting yourself on a bench with your new girlfriend who your mum says is a tart. <laughs> and Trixie is very clear that she told Christopher that she didn't want to be introduced to Alexandra if oh, it right. wasn't going to be good for her. Yeah. Which, so Trixie has been fully like fully on the right page with this. Christopher has not. Yeah, Christ- well, Christopher only cares about his own feelings, though, doesn't he? Just, yeah. just a quick question, though. Do you guys have any sense of how long he's been divorced? No. Well, I thought when, because obviously they, he said divorced when they first met. Yeah. So I presumed, because obviously you can't just get a divorce happening really quick, especially in the UK in the 60s. Right, exactly. So I thought exactly. maybe he'd been divorced for months or a year or something like that. I, If they're divorced, at least a year, I would say. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, and wait, do we? And how old do we think Alexandra is? I thought like seven. I thought she's like, oh, okay. I thought she was like eight or nine. She might be. She might be. I'm gonna go seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so we did that, and then she's complaining about this whole situation to Christopher and another scene after this whole situation with Alexandra, where he's obviously annoyed about this whole situation. But also, I don't feel like he's very. He's a bit like, oh, my ex-wife's trying to do it. He doesn't really centre on Alexandra still. He's just very like this is frustrating and annoying for him and then let's just say though the the follow-up conversation they have is she's she's feeling sad because she's just separated the lunt family yeah yeah yeah. and and they're sitting in the allotment and he's kind of comforting her after that so she's already and he says i wish your job didn't hurt you so much yeah and do you know my biggest insight on this was the fact that she was sat on the bench to hide her bump and she was holding a jacket in front of her oh it was very bump hiding (laughs) this 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 the bump was out girls this week this from now on she's really hiding the bump i think she might only be here for another episode right before she goes on maternity leave um helen george maybe because she's the bump is really is getting a bit she's got like a lot of like purses in front of her tummy and like yeah so anyway so he's like oh i wish your job didn't hurt you so much and she's like, well, I'm really glad you said that because I'm dumping you, basically. <laughs> I'm supposed to be, I, I feel like this was really supposed to be moving and like amazing for a scene by Trixie. And it was, she acted it amazingly. But mm-hmm. she's like basically saying that she wants him to go back to his wife. Well, he's divorced. He's yeah. actually, It's not like he's just not... walked out. He's divorced her. And she's like, you need to go back to your wife. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought that was insane. So weird isn't it that was that was the most nuts that was the most nuts thing for her to say the thing that sorry well i don't want to okay i've well i'm you guys want to say alexandra (laughs) i'm all for putting alexandra front and center because she should be front and center because obviously she's the most important person here yeah but to say to go back to moira who's apparently a a bitter woman (laughs) but to go back to her after a divorce that's just absolutely insanity to me yeah my note is that it's not going to be a happy house just going back to it doesn't solve all the problems doesn't solve the problems of why they divorced in the first place no okay i can't see it's going to be a good environment for alexandra when you if 
if those Moira and Christopher do end up back together, that's not going to be a good environment for us. It's not going to solve Alexandra's issues. She's just going to grow up in an unhappy home. Yeah. Yes. Here's here's my here's my hot take. Okay, I. I get that Trixie feels for Alexandra. I think she's clearly self-identifying a lot with that little girl yes, and putting herself 100%. into that place. 100%. Like which makes yeah, which makes a lot of sense because she's, you know, just she's I mean, she's she's churned up in a major way this week. So I get it. But I'm sorry, like if you don't want to be with Christopher because you feel like your relationship isn't working and it's harming his daughter, like that's fine. But to me, to tell your boyfriend that he needs to go back to his wife, like that was the most crazy thing. Well, his ex-wife is ex-wife as well and that's and that's why i asked the questions about like the divorce and everything i'm like he has actively divorced this woman they went through the whole thing he's been divorced from her for however long like a year however long we thought like you're gonna tell her to go back like there's no way in which that worked now i'll just say like i am very blessed like my parents were married for 45 years like they were very much in love 100 of the time like i grew up in a house that never experienced that separation you guys too i know but the thing i have heard over and over and over again from the many many people i know who did grow up with divorced parents is that like yes it was really really hard but i've heard many stories about i was either really grateful when my parents got divorced because they were already unhappy so much together and so them separating both made them a lot happier but also like whatever the reasons were for getting divorced making two unhappy people stay together is also not a great idea to do and I can't see how Alexandra would do better and feel better if then her parents who didn't want to be together were set, were brought back together out of some guilt feeling that they had to be together for her only which is literally the only reason why they would be back together yeah. in the first place I was like that's not going to stop the trauma that's not going to stop the bedwetting that's not going to stop all the anxiety and everything else that she's coping with well, right to now add, to if add to this ridiculous situation worse, to add to this very unhappy situation all around Trixie then after abstaining and doing alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous started yeah. drinking again. It, she so she literally couldn't cope. She was really yeah. upset because obviously not only had she had this situation blunt, then she dumped Christopher, who she really did love, and mm-hmm. had given herself to in a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a weird way of saying it, but I'm keeping it in. And uh, <laughs> given herself to, you know what I mean? She'd we said before she'd never done it, and anyway, yeah. But they'd obviously intimated that they had done it. So this is a serious relationship for her, and she's just dumped him, told him to go back to his ex-wife, Moira, the bitter woman, and now she's drinking. So that's a really awful situation. Well, and I really, I mean, I did feel for Christopher because he was like, look, he's like, we love each other so when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
much. How can I give all this up to try to, you know, I mean, he's like, there's no relationship with my ex-wife. Like we're divorced, you know? And I mean, I, you know, and she was just like, well, sorry, figure it out. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> that she was like, put your daughter first. And if, if being with me isn't really working because your daughter is suffering for it, then I don't want us to be together because I want to yeah, give make all sure your you- free time to Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, she's, she said, she's like, no matter what, your kid is always going to be the priority, like full stop as it should be. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, you can't tell him what to, I, you, I mean, I just, I, I was like, there's no world in which that man is going back to his wife. And also, I'm sorry, I really feel for Alexandra. I know that at this time period, divorce is really taboo and like very unusual. And I'm sure she does really feel, you know, like she's, you know, like she doesn't fit in all that kind of stuff like that again i'm glad she's in therapy but like the fact of the matter is is that she needs to work on being able to cope with what's going on in her life she can't like expect that her parents are gonna get back together yeah no it's true he just needs to put his time into her rather than trixie i think that was a better way of saying it rather than go back to your wife yeah exactly we should quickly mention we've already spoken about trixie falling off the wagon and we know that the reason that she's going to fall off the wagon is so that she can go into rehab and in real life have a baby. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it is helpful for this, her storyline to show that she's fallen. Because I think with addiction, it's not just a linear, recognise you've got a problem. Yeah, it's, it's something you're dealing with the rest think, of your life. Yeah, it is a constant struggle. I think it, it just kind of, shows the realities of it yeah the reality that is although I will say she's got more restraint than me because I would have just drunk it out straight after the cocktail shaker but she poured it into a glass she's got she's more refined than me <laughs> we, but we both said this we were like I'd have just drunk it straight out of the cocktail shaker yeah I, thinking, th- I, I don't, think... don't want to wash up yeah I think she was also trying to like see if she could stop herself too you know what I mean I think it, there was something about creating more steps where she kept on kind of pausing and being like am I going to do this am I going to do this and then or at least that's the impression I got because I I mean, well, that's, no, that's like, a good shout. Yeah, I think she. I think it was really painful for her. I mean, I think she was really, you know, like she wanted it, but then she didn't, and she probably felt very conflicted and everything like that. I mean, I, I, I have never been in her situation, but I just have to think that there's got to be a real, you know, I mean, because she's been sober for well, in the grand scheme of things, really not that long. I think maybe a couple of years, but I mean, she's also been sober for a couple of years. So I mean, that's a big thing to let go of, you know, like just you know all of that sobriety, you know. I mean, it's never like down the tubes. I don't, I don't really think that way. But I'm just saying, like, she now she's going to have to start from scratch again in terms of you know, kind of the way that the program works. Yeah. yeah and that's and that's really tough and I think she was like I truly didn't want to do it but clearly she'd really hit rock bottom I mean she'd gone through that really painful professional experience really painful personal experience you know poor thing I just really felt for her yeah 100 mm. percent. should we talk about Magda oh, oh poor Magda I love Magda so, yeah Magda is completely settled living with the Turners she's totally taking control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's so glamorous but- with it she's there running the whole house getting all the kids ready she's just so glamorous yeah, oh, no. what gets me is so Sheila says to Magda, and she also mentions to Val that she wants the girls to kind of befriend Magda because she's on her own. And Val says, Oh, she's just so glamorous. Val and Trixie are just as glamorous as Magda. They are. Um yes, I wouldn't say Val is as glamorous. Val is Val is does her, does great, but she's she's a more regular girl, I think. I think she's Sorry. perfect. 
I mean, look, Val, it's not would... about it's not about beauty or anything like that. It's just Valerie is just much more of like a regular poplar girl. You know what I mean? She says it all the time. Like her fashions are more. I don't know. I I don't I don't see. I mean, Valerie does have glamour, but I don't see her as like a glamorous woman the way Trixie is a glamorous woman or the way Magda is glamorous. Sorry, I, I think I'm not if to be we Val, but... no, I think Alex and I were possibly comparing Val to ourselves. And... <laughs> oh, in comparison to myself, yes, Val is incredibly glamorous. Yes, definitely. So there's a scene where, so obviously the Val befriends Magda and they meet at the Keep Fit class and everything's great. But there's yeah. a scene so that she invites them to, to Magda to to Nanata's house for them to kind of get ready and stuff to go out. And there's a scene where Magda talks about her journey, how she got there, how she yeah. actually got from Hungary through from Hungary to Paris, and then obviously here. Oh, oh my god, I didn't have that part. Oh my god, well it's her with Lucille and Val and Trixie, and they're all sat there talking, and she's talking they're... about her journey. Yeah, Wait a minute. And... who's who's Lucille? Lucille, the midwife. Oh jeez. Oh, I forgot. Oh my god. Okay, sorry, girls. Sorry, sorry. I love Lucille. Anyway, so I love her too. I just forgot. That. Sorry. So anyway, so but they were talking about Magda's journey and the way she described this journey through the Iron Curtain and everything, it was absolutely, I was just in shock. I was just like, that is mm. absolutely insane. And then she was talking about how she fell in love and she really loved him and everything was great. And they were like, oh, what happened? And then she showed a scar on the back of her head. Wait, what does that mean? So she'd met this boyfriend in Paris and they'd been going out with each other and he'd basically hit her and like she had this massive, like it was like an inch long scar, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. On a hairline and she says that he gave it to her because he thought she was flirting with one of his friends. So she obviously got out of that relationship because he was abusive. Oh no, this was a definitely a deleted scene for us. That's such a bummer. Okay. But she, said, she says that she's free now to meet Sean Connery, who's obviously the heartthrob of the time. Oh now, what now say, Magda could get Magda could bag Sean Connery for sure. Well, hang on. <laughs> Sean Connery. I mean, it's overlooked now because he would be cancelled nowadays. He was abusive to his first wife. He's publicly said he thinks it's okay to hit women and put them in yeah. their place. It was a huge thing. He publicly thing. said it. Yeah. Yeah, in interviews. He's been on the record. Google it, seriously. Oh, no. Because me and Bex both thought the exact same thing on that scene. I was like, eh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? maybe this, maybe this, oh, wait. So he said it a long time ago, or do you think he said it in, like, later years and that it was... He said both. He both. said it. He's, yeah. Oh, okay. So really, they should have picked somebody else all along for that, like, yeah. heartthrob. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. But this is where I think it's just been overlooked with Sean Connery because when he passed and there were all these obituaries about Sean Connery, I was like, hang on, he wasn't such a nice guy. Yeah, me and Bet. I remember actually, I think we text each other about it, Bet. Yeah. Well, so I really do think in popular culture, he's just renowned for being. James Bond. Yeah. I I mean, I I will say, like, we we love James Bond. Allegedly. yeah, allegedly. I mean, we've we've watched a lot of the Bond movies and I've seen a lot of the ones with him in it. I will say, even without this particular information that I did not have until a few minutes ago, those movies are, they're kind of tough to watch at times. I mean, sometimes they just don't age well because the, the action or whatever is not that great. But also like some of the tropes in the movies are, yeah, they feel like they women, feel not, yeah. not really good. And I, and I will say like with like the most recent Bond, it's like more tongue in cheek and more like, haha, like we're, we're saying it, but we don't really mean it or whatever you know that's very clear but at that time like it's like no we really do mean it and that is kind of uncomfortable <laughs> in terms of like you know, I've, never seen, I've a, never seen a Bond film not any of them 
No, it, um, it just doesn't appeal to me. It just seems toxic and masculine. And it's not for me. Literally, toxic masculinity is not for me. Literally zero Bond films ever in your whole life. Not even the new ones. Zero ever in my whole life. Not even the new ones. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, there you I go. Just, they just don't appeal. I just can't be, I just can't be bothered. It's a waste of life. I'd rather rewatch it. Call the midwife for the first <laughs> billion times. <laughs> Knowing what kind of popular culture you, you consume and then you say it's a waste of life. <laughs> Absolutely. Just for people who are listening who don't realise, I have terrible, terrible, terrible taste in films and TV. Call the Midwife is basically my most highbrow thing I think I watch. And let's be honest, it's pretty highbrow. Oh my god, it is highbrow. It is highbrow. Well, okay, so that making myself out to be thicker. I'm not thick. I just have very lowbrow taste. (laughs) You just have a wide, a wide taste in culture. Also, it's it's not a, yeah. like whatever we like to consume. It's not about intelligence. It's just whatever we enjoy. I mean, I know, yeah. people you know, think, like people will think I'm thick from like my, if they look. Well, if they it's escapism as well, isn't it? Like yeah. you're not there. You're not watching it to educate yourself. You're watching it just to relax after a long day. To entertain. Yeah. yeah. Also, by the way, people who who make judgments like that are they're they're in the not bin. worth anybody's you're in time. In the bin, you big judges. Yeah, they're Good not. Job. They're Good not. Job. They're not worth anything if they're going to be looking at people that way. That's so rude, honestly. So, um, but I will say, my... at least Sean. I mean, Sean Connery makes sense as like a celebrity crush of that time period. Yeah. So I get that. So okay, Mike's so just anyways, talking so... about this guy who she's left in Paris. So obviously that was her last boyfriend, and she was. It was very passionate. They're very in love. She said, but obviously yeah. then she's had to leave, and she she was so matter of fact about it. If anything, quite happy about it. Like she got out of it. She was quite pleased, wasn't she, Bex, in this scene? Mm. Yeah. But she's she's very. Resilient. And I, so she goes to the women's advice clinic to get inquiry about contraception now she's not seeing anyone so i do you think she knew she was pregnant and she's gone there no i definitely do not think she knew she was pregnant she looks she looks shocked when the lady tells her i think you're pregnant yeah two months pregnant as well i think she's getting it because well this is my impression i thought i thought magda was like look i'm in london i'm hot i'm like young i'm like i get saturdays off i'm gonna have fun just like i had fun in france and i'm gonna find somebody who's better than the guy i dated before and I'm gonna live my life like it's the swinging 60s like I think she was like and I, and yeah, I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to get in trouble like I just want to be protected which is why I'm gonna tell a story about how I have a fiance like I think she was just like a young she's modern gal too late. She's, she's two months too late I know she should have gotten she should have gotten her birth control in France before maybe she might she have ever, done it might have just not proved effective not worked yeah it might not have yeah. worked yeah yeah so then she but, says to the doctor what can I do in Hungary it's legal up to 12 weeks yeah and which I was really shocked by. I thought, wow, way to go hungry that you've got well, yeah, that more policy aggressive at that than time. we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's, I think that's the point as well, because she talks about escaping the iron curtain, but actually in that way, hungry is so much more progressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the doctor says there is no fiance, is there? Well, flipping it, thanks for that, doctor. Really, really <laughs> amazing insight. Thanks for that. Trying to make me feel even worse while I'm down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, I will say, like, it makes sense that she'd be like, well, just talk to your fiance about it. Like, maybe it's time to get married early. Because she clearly took Magda her word that she was. I know, but it's just engaged, the way she's like, there is which... no fiance, is there? Like, it's just like, well, all right, yeah. sure. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's where that's where any of us would go after, you know, if you're asking these questions, because I don't know. I didn't think, it, I mean, she didn't say it in a very, like, compassionate way, but at the same time, like, come on, she's not stupid. She's going to figure it out. But anyway. she confides in Val, and Val annoyed me here. Why? Because Val just says, well, firstly, she says, because Magda asks her if she knows somebody that she can go to, so basically get a backstreet abortion. And Val just says to her, just put that out of your mind, as if that's ever helped any young woman before, just putting it out of your mind. Mind. telling the turners if women had people they could turn to they wouldn't be getting backstreet abortions well also a little does Val know she knows someone very well who can do it <laughs> she does <laughs> but I just think Val surely understands the desperate measures that forces women into these situations like just saying promise me you'll talk to the turners when she doesn't think it's the fact that she's talked to Val in the first place and not Sheila I will say I think unfortunately the scene doesn't give it this context but if Val had said to Magda as I think she should have go talk to the turners here's why because you know even though you know blah 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 like they're actually way more the turners i don't i don't think like dr turner was going to like give her an abortion or anything like that but i do think that in, if anyone was going to understand sympathize and try to find a way to help her out yeah. of anybody that she ever could have worked for it would be the turners i mean that's the thing that val knows about them she knows that they're not just kind of a regular couple the way that you know a lot of other people would be and they're both medical professionals they've seen this kind of thing many 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 times before they get it you know i don't know that they i don't think they would have like helped her get an abortion or given her abortion but they at least would have been able to like help her deal with it in a positive way again maybe she still would have come to the same outcome but that was like what Val didn't say to her which I think was she should have said because that's the context that would have made the most sense in terms of then Magda actually following through with Val's advice but at the same time I'm not mad at Val for telling her not to get a background abortion those things are horrible and there's no way Val in good conscience could have said like absolutely don't even consider that that's the worst thing you could ever think of because there's no way she could have said otherwise I mean no but I'm not I'm not suggesting that Val should have pointed her in that direction, but I just think it was rubbish advice from Val just to put it out of your mind. Well, but she should have put it out of her mind. I mean, we've seen now multiple women who have suffered horribly, horribly, like almost dying, infertile for life, criminal charges. I mean, there's been multiple storylines in the show where like those background abortions lead to literally even worse tragedy than just the pregnancy that was already a tragedy for these women in their lives already. Like, I don't think it, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying like, I don't think Val telling her that was bad advice it was ab- it was absolutely appropriate advice it wasn't advice that ultimately was helpful to her because she didn't want that but there's no way Valen could have in good conscience could have said like okay well yeah I get it I get what you mean like let me try to find you the best of a well, bad no, bunch no, or something. I'm not saying that she should have done that but what I'm saying was the advice she gave to just talk to the Turners I think it was she should have said more she should have said yeah. something different and better about t- why she should talk to the Turners for sure because it's like Magda doesn't know the Turners like Val does, you know. So I mean, right, can I just say something? You two, it's a really what? serious situation going on, and I've been lulling this end because <laughs> you're both being very expressive with your hands, right? And Zoom <laughs> has taken that for you two giving thumbs up. So on your screen, <laughs> when you two are doing this big, big, massive like arguing, not arguing, you know what I mean, debate on here, you both got thumbs up in like emojis. <laughs> I've been absolutely lolling here. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> if only we did think... film this. <laughs> I know. Oh, I no. mean, I think, I think, I think overall we both agree. But I do, I do get your point. But I, anyway, yeah. The thing is, the problem is, I absolutely get your point as well. The problem is, there's nothing they could have done because either way, 
she still wouldn't have been happy even if she'd explained well they can maybe think of different ways exactly he did not want to keep this baby so all she wanted to do was try and get an abortion and they would never have helped to facilitate that and i think i thought maybe they could have flown her back to hungary but they couldn't could they because she had escaped illegally and it just there was no good way apart from her getting backstreet abortion in her mind i'm guessing well and again i mean it's the, the the thing that was just again so painful is that for this woman there is no other option than not having this baby like she is absolutely desperate and determined that she is not going to continue this pregnancy and when that's how you feel when that's the only way out for you any other any other situation is just not going to work and to deny her a safe way to end a pregnancy is truly the crime here i'm sorry but that's my opinion and i just it's just so sad the lengths that she went to to make that happen i mean she almost could have she almost could have died even dr turner well, says it if, little did if they uh, hadn't dr. Found turner her, and sheila know that sheila did actually help yeah unwittingly yes yes oh but also klaxon from away because yeah. she says i think it's come away when she's yeah. like laying on the dirt in the allotment and val and sheila run up to her after i've got that written here because she injected herself in the leg with ergometrin which is where oh. the chocolate's also kept apparently well she's she's first she stole ergometrin from dr turner's bag yeah. yeah that wasn't a big enough dose then we also need to talk about the miss poplar 1963 contest well everybody's there she goes to nanata's house and she breaks in she doesn't break in she walks in and yeah but she, she doesn't steals, she steals, yeah she steals some ampules of ergometrin and injects herself i would have she's like fumbling and she breaks sister monica jane is alerted to the sound of breaking glass yeah and sister monica jane knows exactly what's going on and exactly where she's gone but i would have taken it back to the turner's house yes i wouldn't have walked down the street again i I mean I think she'd already taken enough ergometrin to end the pregnancy because when she leaves Nanata's house like one minute after injecting herself, she's already like got a stain on the back of her dress that Sister Monica Jones sees. And then she's like, oh my God, this woman is clearly in medical crisis. But so I think it was already taking effect what she had taken and that the ergometrin that she took in the syringe was kind of quote like an overdose or something. Yeah. That's my, again, non-medical opinion. But anyways, and I like, again, to me, the, the fact that she literally snuck into Nanata's house took it right there and then when anyone could have discovered her and risked whatever was going to come from that again to me just heightens the sense of desperation of this poor woman i mean she's putting herself at risk on so many levels and it just shows that there's absolutely no other option for her she just feels so desperate about it also can i say it was really quite clever of her to do the day use the beauty contest as a diversion yeah but then she actually liked his allotment so not so bad do you know what my first thought was when she collapsed in the allotment what oh she got lovely earrings in Go back and watch that. them. She, we watched it together and she said, oh, she's got lovely earrings. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's your first thought. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my There's word. also a scene, like this is before, earlier on in the episode, where she's holding Teddy, baby Teddy. And baby Teddy is so fat and lush. But also there's a point where baby Teddy is in a vest and it looks like it could be Fred's baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh so, well anyway let's carry on this till the end and then we can talk about the contest so they okay. then call an ambulance because yeah. uh, sister monica joan alerts sheila and everyone so they get an ambulance and she gets sent to hospital and she's she's it ends up with she's actually absolutely fine in the end obviously she has a hospital stay but yeah. then she has to leave because she can't really stay and i was thinking oh, why can't she stay but she just stole the nogometrian and oh there was no way public there abortion was... in 
Fred's alarm and it, it was just absolutely no chance she could no, stay. There is I think no. from the, going into the hospital, they're just going to see that, they're going to assume it's a miscarriage, presumably. Well, no, they'll have had to say it's an overdose of ergometrin, aren't they? Why will they have to say that? She's... she's laying convulsed on the allotment floor i mean she's they have they to have treat to say the medical what she's overdose. got in a system don't they also i think they have to counteract the argumentation because i mean it's too much she was gonna die of it it makes all your it makes... your tiktok medical opinion no 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 i think i think yours is a bit no offense bex i think yours is a bit ignorant here <laughs> you can't just go to hospital and lie about what you've got taken in your system you have to be truthful <sighs> yeah because they're gonna have to treat her not just not just for the pregnancy but for the fact that she's overdosed on a medication that's really serious Oh, God, yeah. you're as bad as Sister Winifred. <laughs> this is the person who saw a medical emergency and thought, am I hearing? Uh, <laughs> Wait, let's focus on what's important here. The outfit, the glam, the jewellery. <laughs> Speaking of glam, oof, seamless. Shall we talk about Fred's beauty contest idea? No. Uh, although, wait, just one last thing about Magda. She leaves the Turners, but, I mean, she was going to have to leave anyway, but she decides to become a nurse. Yeah. Yes, and that is very lovely, but Sister Winifred, I need to talk about her first. Oh, why? Everybody else is focusing on poor Magda and what a desperate situation she was in. Sister Winifred is the one who pipes up about an abortion on convent convent grounds and the theft of drugs. I'm like, all right, Sister Winifred, we know what she's done. Oh, somebody had to say it. Somebody, I mean, she's, you're right, but somebody had to say it. I mean, come on. I think that's another reason why it's like, she's got to go. Sorry, but. I think that's what that's about. Yeah. They'd like just to remind us viewers that it's not just about the earrings. <laughs> so beauty contest. Yes. Uh, Violet was going to do a jumble sale, but then Fred had the brilliant idea of doing a beauty contest, Be- which I loved. Yeah. Yeah. And Magda and Val are both entering. Magda, I love the way Magda was like, yeah, I'll enter. <laughs> she was just <laughs> so confident. Like, I didn't know anyone. Yeah, I'll enter. And Val was a bit like, um, okay. Do you know what really did annoy me, though? So I know, obviously, they're not going to get Trixie in it. She's, like, nine months pregnant. But they say, she's like, now that Krista and I are very serious, I had best step aside on this one. And you're mega heavy pregnant, yeah? Oh, yeah. And then Lucille, tell you what else made me lol. There was a scene at the table, I don't know if you'd have got this, Jen, when Lucille said to Val, oh, you're brave. <laughs> and it just made me absolutely lol, because she meant, she didn't mean that you're brave as in, you're brave, you're not good enough for it, as in, you're brave as in, I've not got the, the I've not got the, courage to do that to Val but the way she, way she said it was like you're brave oh I didn't mean it like that like it was just absolutely lovely I thought it was a really nice scene it just thought, felt like something actual friends would say to each other it made me laugh wait a minute Lucille says to Val you're brave for doing the beauty pageant yeah, yeah you're brave have to wear a swimsuit oh 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 well we 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 will come to understand that lucille is an incredibly modest woman yeah but yes I agree yeah yeah it was just the way it was done I thought it was really well acted as well also, mm-hmm. Fred's uh, tux loved it. He well, talk about James Bond. Friend. I mean, he says he's like buckle, Fred buckle, you know. And I and I love <laughs> that he and then he and you know he's like, oh, don't I look so great? And Violet's like, yeah, you really do. But like, hold on a second. And she unbuttons the double breasted, and then she's like, maybe we just need to move a couple buttons here. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> also, how incredibly naive of Val to think that she could go to Sister Julienne and say that she's missed Namata's house for a beauty contest where they're wearing swimming costumes. She's like, yeah, I, or maybe I perhaps Miss Black Sale Public House. Oh, right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 Why did she ever think that was going to be a good idea? I love the fact that it was Miss Weights and Measures who won. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and I love the fact that Fred was was counteracting the whole thing of, you know, like, oh, you just want to look at the girls in their outfits and her head that. And he just kept on talking about how beautiful his wife was and how she was so amazing for organizing all of this. And like his MC his skills were amazing. Super glam in this episode as well. She, she had a full on blow dry. At one point, she looked as if she'd just been in some sort of wind machine and it just, she had this huge roof on. <laughs> Also, did you talk her like baby blue eyeshadow that she had? Yeah. So of the time, I don't know what in the world that baby blue eyeshadow was supposed to be doing, but I mean, very, very accurate for the period for sure. It was wild. Loved Fred selling all the tickets in the pub. Yes, I know. Also, Violet was a cheeky bugger this week as well with poor Lucille, who said she couldn't do, it, but she'd help out behind the scenes. Yeah. She basically organized the whole bloody thing. Well, she gave her a to-do list that literally was two pieces of paper stapled together. It just kept going and going. I was like, oh Me my well- god. Violet's profiting because she's got a homemade dress competition as part of yeah. it. So she's basically selling her wares. <laughs> I love Dr. Turner's advice to Timothy, who's playing piano, just to remember Timothy, focus on the piano. <laughs> oh, then Violet's there barking orders with blind like a swan, not galumph like an elephant. All right, Violet. <laughs> yeah, but Val's, Val's walk, that is how I would walk if I was in a beauty pageant. Yeah. <laughs> Fred's comparing was amazing. And Angela giving the flowers at the end. Oh, it was so cute. It was so cute. I like number six being inconsolable and the ladies afterwards as well. <laughs> He's like, she's like, I will I will dispense tissues and, and comfort or something like that. I won't do Lucille's accent, but yeah, that was very good. That was very good. Yeah, and Trixie's pink lipstick is just getting chalkier and chalkier as time goes on because she's like so following the trends. Yeah, I do love that though. Also, Timothy's cooking. Because he was so into Magda, he's there trying his hardest to do cooking. It just made me absolutely laugh. I know. What did he say? What was the meal they made? It was like volpeshka with caraway seeds and paprika or something like yeah. that. It was some like stew or something. It's, it it did look really good. But but I think it really showed, because obviously Timothy's had a crush on Magda. And we, like, mm-hmm. obviously this episode, those two are just poles apart. Like, firstly, like Magda, the fact that she's had to escape her country. Mm. Yeah. She's fallen pregnant. Like, she's just, like, Timothy's just so innocent. I know he's grown up basically sat waiting in the car for Dr. Turner. Yeah. But he's compared to Magda, he's just so innocent. Oh yeah. I mean he's still a child in comparison yeah. to her for sure. I mean he's he's a boy. He does not know about all these things. Like, no, no, no. You know, he still like has a crush on her. I mean I'm sure he's very confused about all of his kind of like funny butterflies in his stomach about her. You know, like he's figuring it out. He doesn't he's he doesn't to be really fair, know. have you seen her? I think I've got him and I'm not by at all, but you know <laughs> absolutely gorgeous she's a beautiful woman yeah i would i mean i'm i'm glad she had a happy outcome i feel like we've had other storylines where women in her similar situation did not end up so kind of with a positive future and she did and i was grateful to see that she was able to kind of recover and go forward in a good way and i and i like that they used her experience to send her into the next evolution you know like trying to become a nurse and all that i thought that was and i'm glad she's still cosmopolitan she's going back to paris she really did enjoy paris you know she's not going back to where she wasn't happy she was very happy in paris so she's going back and i think that's good yeah definitely is there anything else we need to cover oh wait here's i wrote this down 
what's Whitson? They say something about, oh, like Whitson weekend, we're going to do blah. And Whitson I don't know what that Day. is. Yeah, what is that? Now, we spoke about this, didn't we, Bex, when we were together? I've heard yeah, of it. I, I mean, I know, I know I've heard you guys talk about it before, but I don't think I've ever really understood what it is. It's the English oh, name for the church see. festival, all otherwise known as Pentecost. Oh, Pentecost. So, like, that's like early. So, like, we're talking like. Held on the seventh Sunday after Easter as the commemoration of the descent oh. of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of the apostles. Oh, okay. 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 So, so, so at this point in the year, we're getting to like May-ish. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Because it did look like people were wearing, you know, not wearing like coats and heavy jackets and things like that anymore. Like people were more in like light clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, one last point. I loved Valerie's homemade dress. That is the most, I have seen that well, she dress pattern. she won an pattern. award for it. She won a prize. So. She, did a, she did a great job. I have seen that dress pattern on so many, like I, like vintage patterns. I've seen it so many times, like especially that collar, like that folded collar that yes. like is kind of a boat neck that goes up high and everything. It was just, oh, it was so spot on. I just loved it. They they looked great. All those girls look great. They did. Yeah. I loved it. Okay. I did love that. Right, should yeah. we do heroes and zeros? Sure. Who's going first? I'll okay. go. My zero is going to be the fact that there was no mechanism to keep the lunts together as a family. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just thought, and I know that's a really difficult situation because you've got Mrs. Lunt and you've got Wendy with very different stages and very different needs. But I just thought, what? and they did their best to keep them together as a family, but I just I would like the state to have done more. Yeah. My zero is also Valerie, but I won't go into that. My oh. hero... <laughs> My hero is going to be. I'll edit that out, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Only we'll know. I won't. I won't. I won't. Carry on. Sorry. Hero. My hero, my hero is going to be Mr. Lunt because we think he's very controlling, but actually, I mean, I think he could have done more. He could have washed some dishes. He could have given the kids a bath, but. He did. He was trying to protect and keep his family together. I mean, he could have also sought help earlier. Yeah. So, perhaps, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but he was scared because he didn't want her to be taken away like her dad was. So. Yeah, but he was being he 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 was being protective. There yeah. you go. He was he was a very good advocate for his family. I mean, he yeah, did his, he did the best he could do, and that's all you can ask of anybody, really. Yeah, my hero is going to be Sister Monica Joan. Oh, great, good choice, good choice. He was very very quick thinking. She was absolutely on the ball, went and sorted out Sheila straight away. She got went and notified she was great. So good on you, SMJ. Mm. My zero is going to be, well, it's the whole situation. We've obviously done that. Becky's was a really good one, but also the whole situation with Trixie and Christopher and everything. I'm really yeah. annoyed at Christopher still because I feel like Trixie tried to say this to him at the start. If I'm not ready to meet Alexandra, don't introduce me. But he did. And even then he was there on the park bench telling her about all Alexandra's problems with wetting herself and everything. While Alexandra's just there with them, like in yeah. earshot. I just think, oh, men. Maybe it's just men. But uh, that's my zero. <laughs> it just annoyed me. <laughs> Yeah, I I will say I'll give I'll give a a shared zero. My first of a two part zero is to the teacher at Wendy's school yeah. for just being like, oh, she's clumsy. I'm sorry, lady. Put on some glasses and see what is going on. Okay, that child needs more than just being told she's clumsy. All right, absolutely no. Like, figure it out. That's my one zero. My second zero is the whole Trixie and Christopher situation. But I just I feel so bad for Trixie. She was like through the ringer. That's just so hard to deal with something like that. But also, I just like didn't. I love the advice that Alexandra Alexandra needed to come first. But I just also was like, don't tell this man to go back to his ex wife. Like, I just. I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but that was just a weird hodgepodge. And I just, 
yeah. I just thought, no, no, this, this is not, this is not what you do. And I just felt so much for Trixie and I just, I knew she was through the ringer and I just felt for her. So that's my zero. My hero is going to be, okay, you know who I'll give to, I'll give my hero to Fred and Violet and the beauty pageant because my God, did we need some of that this week? You know what I mean? Like some lightness, some fun, some glamour. They're such a cute couple. I love them together. Fred is so sweet. Like he came up with that idea. Like, I mean, really genuinely out of like, you know, wanting to think of something better for Vi to do than just another bake sale or jumble sale or whatever. He's like, I think you deserve better. You know, this can be a really good, like, you know, exciting adventure for us. Like, you know, something really of the times and everything so modern. And then I just loved when he came in at the end and he like pulled her like, you know, in a twirl and they were dancing together in the kitchen. Like, I love dancing in the kitchen. I've like historically always loved dancing in the kitchen. So I just, they're just such a sweet, like cute romantic couple. Also special shout out to Lucille for organizing it. Yeah, like for doing almost everything, like getting the microphone from her church, consoling the women in the bathroom, like having a whole extra beauty kit for everybody, like no doubt all the moral support and everything for all the girls throughout the whole thing. Like we just really needed the beauty pageant in that episode because my God, this episode was like so freaking hard and tough. I just, I... I was just found it like really devastating and I just am so grateful that we had it. and I just I really love community events on this show like I love when they all get together and people are on the stage and they've got the lights lit and they've got the chairs set out oh and yeah they do, they gathering do it so well and, and they're all just like looking expectantly and like you know it's just it's just so darn cute and it just it really makes that you know kind of like warm and fuzzy poplar feeling come to life so that's yeah 100 percent. it's just so sweet it's just so sweet yeah there well, we next go. week, it is Series 7, Episode 4. So if you want to watch along and then listen along, we'll watch it and then listen along with us. That would be fantastico. Never used that fantastico. word in my life. I don't know why I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be amazing if you would like to listen along with us next week. In the meantime, if you can like us on Instagram, Twitter, X, Threads, Facebook, Facebook send YouTube. us an email. Yeah. Subscribe, leave a comment on podcast platforms. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.